gets better. Say that it gets better. O-P-S, I'm O-P-S, I'm gay. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that by any other name would smell just like meat. I am Kyle Getz, and I am here with special guest co-host Josh Galassi. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. It's actually Mike. <laughs> oh, Mike. I didn't see you come in there. This is all just a prank. You, <laughs> you sound so manly and butch, like always. <laughs> I try. I try. Hi, guys. It's actually me, Josh. <laughs> oh, okay. You, uh, the ruse is over. It's, it's over. <laughs> you fooled us, and now you pulled a mask off your face, and you're Josh. Um we are here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. So, Josh, we brought you on, one, because White Mike was gone. He is in Russia. But also because uh, we're going to talk about homophobes. Oh, my God. My favorite topic on a Tuesday. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's like what you like to do anyway. Always. Of course. First thing, as soon as I wake up, it's the first thing I think about. Okay, good. <laughs> Which Do you have one in particular that you just go right to oh, in your memory? Oh, so bank? many. Kim Davis. Oh. Um, oh, my God. One. So many. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Che. Yeah. I want to say Donald Trump, but I feel like that's just an obvious choice. Yeah, it's you like, got to go for like the the less ones, like Todd from down the street. Yeah, like we need to be more unique about our homophobes. <laughs> um, so we're each going to talk about one story about homophobes. Yes. But before we do that, just tell me a little bit about, oh, should, I guess... Do you want to do any kind of introduction, who you are and why you're sitting here talking to me? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my name is Josh, and I was I did an interview with you guys, I think a few, I don't know how many episodes ago, it was a while ago, but I had such a great time, and so um, I was super honored when you guys uh, decided to ask me back to co-host in Mike's absence. So. Yeah, we've never had a, a guest co-host. Oh my gosh, well, I hope I measure up. My dog is just choking over his excitement over there. as you should <laughs> do you get a lot of people choking around you or? yeah it's a it's a common occurrence okay. i can't help it okay myself included oh okay. wait can you never mind i won't go down that road let's not talk about it <laughs> um you also uh write for queerty you work in pr what else is there about you that we should know yeah i mean i i do write for queerty um I don't know. I, I haven't actually written in a while, but I think I'm going to change that. I have some stuff in the in the works. And so, yeah, I hopefully hopefully it'll it'll all be good stuff. Um, I also love my wine, as you can see from the full glass that I have in front of me for those who can't actually see it. We <laughs> um, meaning most hopefully most people can't see it because if they could. They are looking through the window. Yes. And they would also see that I'm sweating bullets. It it's, is so hot. It's very hot. So Rosé is trying to help <laughs> cool us down. The The good thing about having you co-host is that there's only the good kind of alcohol on the table. Oh, yeah. Mike likes to drink brown stuff like Ugh. beer and like scotch and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Poor taste. I know. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got just class. Like talk about Chewbuck Chuck. That's where the quality is. Yeah, exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, well, OK, so the topic is homophobes and homophobia. So mm -hmm. did you growing up experience a lot of homophobia? Yeah, I think in multiple multiple ways I experienced it. I grew up in a fairly conservative part of Montana, and so uh, there's a lot of outward homophobia, just, you know, people throwing the word faggot around, using faggot as a super derogatory term, and I think to, to you as well. Like yeah, well... I wasn't actually out until after college, and I like to think I was pretty straight acting. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me, more than the outward homophobia, I think I experienced a lot of internalized homophobia because I kind of I grew up with this idea that I was dirty, that being gay was a sin, and you know, like with my parents, they would see you know a gay couple on TV and they'd be like, "Ew, that's disgusting." And so I kind of grew up with this mentality that. I was disgusting and that my sexuality was something that was dirty that needed to be changed and that it was different and weird. And um, so I think, yeah, more than like outward homophobia, I, I probably experienced more 
internal. So, um, did you grow up in a religious house? Yeah, it was fairly religious. You know, I went to Bible camp every summer and, um, you know, we went to church on Sundays and I think even going into college, I got involved with the college ministry. So religion was always a huge part of my, my journey, I suppose. And I kind of, it didn't, it wasn't until college that I realized the more I got involved with faith, the more shitty I felt about myself Hmm. because it was like, everybody was telling me that like being gay was a sin, that it was, you know, something that was wrong and, you know, immoral. And, and so, yeah, I had a a great childhood full of happy memories. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I have the same thing. Like I definitely, like when I think about homophobia, I almost feel a little bit, um, guilty that I didn't mm-hmm. like, I didn't experience a lot of outward homophobia. Other, I mean, things that you say, like, you know, I'd always hear things from classmates right. about like, I don't know, just making gay jokes or, mm-hmm. um, you know, things you saw on TV. But, um, I was, I would, I don't feel like I was ever like personally like bullied or right. attacked for being gay, but I still have that internalized homophobia. And I'm also like, have a lot of mental health issues that came oh, me because too, of that. sister. <laughs> but I feel guilty that I have those. Right. Because I wasn't, there are some people out there that were like actually bullied and beaten up and had a lot more shit happen to them. Right. Exactly. I know I had, there was like, we had less than a hundred kids in our high school. And I think there was one out gay guy and just seeing what he went through. I just, it was enough for me to not want to come out ever mm. just cause he was always getting like made fun of, mm. you know, during assemblies, if he would talk, people would be like, Ooh, ooh and like just the, yeah, the, the shit that in the turmoil that he had to go through, just seeing what he went through, I just realized that I never wanted to deal with that. So I just mm. hid my sexuality until I couldn't take it anymore. Mm. So yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Same for me. We also had, I grew up in, uh, suburb of Houston, so also pretty mm-hmm. conservative. There was one gay kid I can remember, and I don't know. I don't. I remember it being like a big topic of a conversation. Right. The biggest thing I can remember is he put a story in the yearbook about coming out to his mom, mm-hmm. and a, like basically there was a big backlash against right. that, and they recalled all the yearbooks oh and reprinted them. Damn. Yeah. So it wasn't like. Yeah, it's different than like, you know, people, I don't know, I don't know all the details of mm-hmm. what he went through, but it's, I never heard stories about him getting beat up or called a fag, right. you know, like, but it was still shitty in a way. Yeah, and it's I, almost like systematic homophobia within yeah. the school system. That's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just like a bunch of little things over the course of a lifetime that mm-hmm. add up to, I guess, my experience of homophobia and also just like you said like internalized homophobia that i've gathered i think the like pretending to be straight thing did a whole lot of damage right on my like self-acceptance and ability to have like confidence in myself so those are a lot of fun issues that i've I've worked through all great moral of the story religion is great for sexuality (laughs) you should just mix them together all the time (laughs) they go really well yeah yeah um like a big gay religious yellow mold that beautiful give out to or a bun cake those are amazing oh yeah can do you cook uh no i mean i try i like to pretend i do but no <laughs> okay i mean if you count dipping a cookie in icing like <laughs> yes. that's that's low okay oh yeah oh yeah okay so we don't have there's no mike reads the news this time mike isn't here that's that's his business so if you want we'll to make know, the news this is the news <laughs> we will be the news yes um if you want to know what happened in the news uh go read it yourself and <laughs> good advice mike will tell you about it next time i guess because he'll be back by then we just won't know what's happening in the world until mike gets no, back. no 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 yeah <laughs> although then again like often all i listen to is podcasts so sometimes that's Right. Not a... Okay. Um, So, we're going to tell each other stories about homophobes. Yay, story time. So, so I'm going to jump in first, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you a story about a really influential case that involved homophobes and a gay guy. 
Well, a few gay people, but so many gays. So many. I didn't know gay people were a part of this podcast. <laughs> oh, right. By the way, if you didn't know, spoiler alert: there, there, people were gay, and it didn't turn out too great for them. I'll just oh, go ahead and let you know too that soon. in advance. <laughs> okay, so our story starts October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two. Uh, Dorothy Hages was at home and there are two sailors uh, dressed in blues that come to her door um, and they tell her that her son, Alan Schindler Jr. was dead. One week later, so she had a hard time getting any information Mm -hmm. um, from the Navy, who's in the Navy, uh, but one week later, she was told that her son was killed by fellow shipmates. Oh, shit. Eventually, the Navy was really tight-lipped, but a reporter told her that her son was gay. She didn't know that until that point. Mm. And the paper this reporter wrote for had received a letter from three gay men that knew her son, Alan, and said the ship he was on, the Bilu Wood, uh, which was stationed in Japan, had a climate of bigotry. So... Mm. After learning a whole lot, trying to piece together what happened to her son in the... A lot of this I got from a New York Times article by Jesse Green. And in the article, it said, quote, It wasn't long before Dorothy began wondering who cared more about her son, the Navy in which three generations of her family had served, or the gay community, which she had not known until recently, which she had not until recently even known she was a part of. Hmm. So I'm going to back up and Mm -hmm. now tell you about her son, Alan Schindler Jr. Drink. (laughs) Is it like every time the dogs bark, take a drink? Yeah, every time they they bark. (laughs) Gotta take a double gulp if both of them bark. Did I hear? Am I crazy? Did I hear a person? I don't know. They must have had a moment. <laughs> it was a spirit. Oh God! It was the it, it was the ghost of this man that got murdered. Oh no! He's, he's, oh, he's no. here with oh, us. God. Oh God! Oh wait! He probably likes us. Yeah, I think he, he's down with us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's cool. He can hang out with us. <laughs> he can sit in an empty seat beside you. Yeah. And listen to his story. Yeah. Um. Okay. Where did I? Okay. Alan Schindler Jr. was born on December 13th, 1969 in Chicago Heights. And as you heard, he was from a naval family. So uh, when he was 18, he signed up for the Navy. And he served as a radio man on the USS Blue Wood. And during this time, this so this was some time period in the 90s. No, late 80s. So in this point in time, the um, being gay in the military was grounds for being automatically discharged. There were uh, stories about gay sailors that uh, like gay sailors were sometimes punched in their face in their sleep. They were doused with lighter fluid and lit on fire. Um, Some gay sailors were lost at sea, like a.k.a. just killed killed at sea it's um, awful and apparently this ship that he was on the blue was uh, wood was the worst ship of all mm. so not not a great place for him to be schindler complained about anti-gay harassment the complaints he'd made things like uh gluing his locker shut um people made comments to him like there's a faggot on this ship and he should die he wrote that he was being harassed 24 hours a day and his friends, well, he actually, he wrote that because his friends told him he should keep a record of the harassment, which he did. Mm-hmm. He told his superiors that he was gay and wanted a discharge. The superior said he needed to stay on the ship um, and wait to like go through the discharge process. So even though he was dealing with all of this homophobia and things that were basically threats to his life he did as he was ordered and stayed on the ship he was so frustrated at one point when they were traveling from pearl harbor to so they were this ship was based in japan um, Mm -hmm. in sasebo naval base in japan Um, he made a prank announcement over the radio that was like basically these letters 
too cute to be str8 so basically it said too cute to be straight <laughs> at least he's clever i know i thought that like made him seem really yeah. adorable he's got a sense of humor <laughs> yeah and he's i think he's basically just like i want off this shit yeah and he's like goofing around and um he's trolling everybody exactly yeah um so and this is before like text messages like this were even popular so he's ahead of his time um so he sent that to another ship his captain douglas brat fucking doug <laughs> can feel it already i didn't realize until i'm saying it out loud brat like b-r-a-d-t is that brat is brat that- yeah. All right. He kind like of he's a brat. Yeah. He was more of a dick bag, but like uh. that's fine. Um, he uh, Douglas Bratt called him in to punish him for that uh, unauthorized message. Of course, that's mm-hmm. not allowed. So he um, so Schindler asked to be uh, for the the hearing, the punishment hearing, to be closed, but the captain left it open, and there were two hundred to three hundred people in attendance. Damn. So if people didn't already know he was gay then now they know now everyone knows yeah and like he basically this captain i think like put him in a dangerous situation by just keeping this open and making sure right right yeah so he was put on restrictive leave he couldn't leave the ship i he wants to get off the ship but you know so on uh they they get to uh Drink. Drink. <laughs> hey, doggies. You can chill out? Because I don't think there's anything. There's only there. one that time. We can only take one drink. Oh, damn it. All right. So they get to Sasebo, uh, Japan, in October, on October 27th, 1992. Uh, one of his, uh, Schindler's shipmates, Airman, Apprentice, Terry, Helvey, and two of his sailors... Uh, got off. They purchased two large bottles of whiskey, a bottle of schnapps, a bottle of vodka, orange juice, and a six pack of beer and went drinking in the park. Sounds like it should be a good time, but I feel like it's going to take a turn. It's <laughs> I mean, it whiskey, schnapps, vodka and beer like it, it's a pretty bad. Cop, all though, those, but... I mean, I guess if you're like on a if you're in the navy on a boat yeah they need some release somehow i guess they're just yeah. gonna have a trash fire of a drink yeah i mean i wish they although how they didn't well yeah you're right it doesn't go so <laughs> great so later witnesses say that helvey went into the bathroom park and uh no 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 wait uh witnesses say they heard a noise from a park in the bathroom they thought they heard a man and woman having sex in there. So they walked in and witnesses saw Helvey uh, jump, jumping on Schindler's body while singing, which is a creepy image. And blood was gushing from Schindler's mouth. Oh my God. He was trying to breathe. Uh, They left him lying on the bathroom floor. So Schindler had had four fatal injuries to his chest, head, and abdomen. His head was crushed. His ribs were broken. His penis was cut. He had sneaker tread marks stamped on his forehead and chest, and every organ in his body was destroyed. Damn. Yeah. How do, That's insane that people can do that. That, yeah. Like, mutilate other people like that. That's, like, animalistic. Yeah, and, like... When I get drunk, like I'd make not great decisions, yeah. but it's like you I'm... don't go and cut off dicks. Yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. I like you can make out them. With... Yeah, I make out with people. Like I do. I guess I do like loving things now. Right. That I think about I'm super drunk. So like the fact that yeah, I completely agree. Um, it gets well. I think it gets creepier. Uh, oh, one God. witness said that it seemed like he was dancing. Weird. It's so like. It's... Glee murder. Exactly. Like, what's it's, happening? It sounds like he's he's singing and looks like he's dancing on this guy. Yeah, it sounds like he's enjoying. Yeah, this. that's insane. The medical examiner said his injuries were worse than as if he had gotten trampled on by a horse, and it was closer to uh, like someone who had been in a high speed car crash. Damn. 
Um, not that we need anything else to make this more depressing, but the day he was murdered, what, October 27th was Navy Day. Oh my I God. don't know what that is or means, but I just... It's a sad day regardless. Don't murder people on Navy yeah, Day. Yeah, don't do it. Or any holiday. Or guess any holiday. Or guess yeah. any day. If At we're least like really... wait till like the day after Christmas to murder people. If you're, it's like breaking up with someone on a birthday. Just yeah. like wait the day after. Exactly. No, don't murder people um so later people uh identify the attacker as terry helvey um, and one of his accomplices as charles vins so when it started getting to like the aftermath the wikipedia says the navy was less than forthcoming and that is like the nicest way to say they were dickbag assholes very pr answer yeah i think it's what wikipedia has to do to like try to maintain um so, like I told you at the beginning, no one uh, would explain what happened to Alan, uh, to his mom. Uh, she would get information from reporters. Uh, she started actually piecing together things from other people telling her information. The That record that his friends told him to keep of all the re- harassment he was mm-hmm. receiving. Um, the... Hey, Boomer. Do you want to come chill out? Do you want to be chill? That wasn't a bark, but I still drink. <laughs> yes. Um, the record that his friends told him to keep of all the harassment on the ship, the Navy did not include that in the belongings that they gave back to his mom. So they were actively hiding, hiding. Mm-hmm. what he was going through. Um, oh the They denied that they ever received complaints of harassment even though we know that's not true. They didn't speak publicly about the case. They didn't release the Japanese police report. So basically they were, the only reason we know a lot of the information is either through people that told reporters Mm -hmm. or told his mom what they knew, or it was like over 20 years later, someone, a gay rights activist, filed a freedom of information request to get all this information and learned, oh, there actually is this you know, documentation of harassment. Or he did go to his superiors. So they didn't know a lot of this information at the time. That's crazy. That's so much effort to cover up. I know, like, right? So many things. Yeah. Which, yeah, you'd. it's so crazy how, I mean, at this time and then also, I'm sure it still happens, but like, they're all on the side of the they're on the side of the people that killed one of their fellow... Right, the side of bigotry, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not like... I mean, obviously, the guy that killed him is a shithead, but like mm-hmm. the people that then hear about it and cover it up like right. also have to have some level of homophobia to... Exactly. Like, speak out, sister. Yeah, exactly. So it was really interesting, though. Um, I was reading about a story from Dorothy's point of view, and she said that when she thought about it he actually schindler did come out to her which is really interesting that he could like come out to her and her not think like she basically didn't think it was true he she said he was always trying to mess with her so Mm -hmm. he thought it was just one of those things that she'd ignore and eventually like he would stop trying to mess with her like that but later she like made the connection that okay this is true and she had to go through her own after her son was dead go through her Mm -hmm. own like accepting that her son was actually gay during the trial, uh, Helvey, the one that killed him, said he didn't kill him because he was gay. And this is back when they were all still trying to piece together his moms, trying to figure out why this is happening. The luck, luckily, that's a weird word to say, but like at least one of the Navy investigators um, provided evidence during the trial um, because he interrogated Helvey. And Helvey had said to him during that interrogation that he hated homosexuals. He was disgusted by them. And he said, I don't regret it. I'd do it again. He deserved it. Oh, my God. That's awful. So it's so crazy how he, like, that was the interrogation. And then the next, or whenever, next day, the next some number of days later Mm -hmm. during the trial, then he was to, like, oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, it changes tune. Yeah. It's, and shit. And, like, his, it's it just seems like he's this lunatic because of how he can act. He said the day before his sentencing, he turned to Dorothy and said, among other things, he said to her, what happened that night was horrible, but I am not a horrible person. I put my life in your hands. He said that all while sobbing. Oh God. Which is like, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off, bro. Yeah. (laughs) 
the like that's the like if you can be crazy enough to say he uh-huh. deserved it and i would do it again and then the next day or whenever like look at his mom and be like what happened was horrible like it's so fucked up so uh he would have been up for the death penalty but he pled guilty during in a plea deal and so he pled guilty to inflicting great bodily harm what yeah that seemed like a yeah. weird that's interesting they're very great bodily heart like so great right um and the maximum penalty is life in prison so he's currently in a medium security u.s prison in illinois i wish the i wish i had better news okay so one of his his accomplice vins who but by um witness other witness uh testimony like would every now and then would like jump in with a I don't know, some kind of like kicking him or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. He pled guilty and also a plea bargain where he gave up a lot of information against Helvey. Wow. And as a result, he was sentenced to one year in prison and he ended up serving 78 days before receiving a general discharge from the Navy. Oh my God. Can you like... <laughs> 78 days just for all that shit yeah oh my god it's that's our justice system it's so great i know i think and this is like specifically a like a military right martial court yeah what is that called army man court yeah this is the army person court (laughs) with all the army people i'm not going to pretend to know a lot about i did look up a lot of words for this but i you sound very smart thank you so you're fooling me at least that's so nice i just want to trick people into thinking i'm funny and smart that's all i care about um yeah but so this like this is the military triumph so like this is also not just our justice system but how the military um especially at this time treat people that are gay and oh his name is not brat it's brand brand oh, brat was so much better brat. we're gonna, bit, we're gonna a bit more it's actually brat <laughs> that dick brat captain <laughs> the one so he was one of the he was one that hid all this information mm-hmm. uh, during the trial he got transferred to shore duty in florida shore duty that sounds like a fucking vacation. Sure duty. Sure yeah. Duty. Like, is that like the sandals of Florida? <laughs> yes. Oh man. I'm terrible. I make jokes out of tragedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's what, uh, that's what this podcast is here <laughs> oh, for. Yeah. People don't be offended. It's great. It's sad. I'm very sad. <laughs> Declaring how sad you are yes. loudly is. <laughs> yeah. That makes up. For it. No, it's like, it's just so ridiculous that. Like what else? I don't know what else. Yeah. Well, how do you, it sounds to me like, um, it reminds me of the church, like mm-hmm. people just getting sent to a different place to be like, Oh, just go over here. And, um, I don't know what shore duty includes. But. Right. It's kind of like all those like me too people that all the like famous actors that are getting like sent off to like a rehab in Palm Springs or something like yeah. how much, how much, you know, rehab are they actually getting? How much, you know, like help are they getting or you know are they just like laying low for a yeah, little bit just until lounging they can... a bit yeah. yeah yeah exactly um i guess a little bit of upside is that um dorothy the mom became an outspoken lgbt advocate oh. um so she went from she she thought gay people were ah shit i should have written down like there was some apparently some character on mash which was hmm. before, I, my, before my time okay um and he would like always like cross-dress to try to get kicked out of the military like that's what her like i think like a lot of people in this time their idea of gay people were like men who wore dresses and right like she could not imagine someone like her son who was blonde and athletic and her son like she couldn't imagine this being what gay people were like so um she she's a republican or she's a working class mother from a republican town so the fact that she then became an lgbt advocate um some people said it's even more powerful than if it was a gay person speaking out because Uh, what absolutely yeah i think just speaking off of that i think it's i think it's true even you know back then and today i feel like if because i've met so many conservative people that as soon as they meet a gay person and realize they're not some like sexual deviant all the stereotypes i think that's when they're able to reach acceptance and it sounds like this is what that mother was able to do when she saw that you know her son wasn't 
this cartoon of a gay person. He was an actual like whole human. And yeah. Yeah. And then she actually, um, got to, well, got to is like, that's a, uh, no one would want to be in this situation, but she met through this, met a lot of gay people and then mm-hmm. started to realize that it is not this image that she had in her mind. Right. And I don't know why I like this. She calls herself the stupidest person on earth. <laughs> she just, she just acknowledges she is like, you know, she knows she's like a working class mother from mm-hmm. like, she's not articulate and she is not well-dressed and all that actually went to add to like, the fact that she could stand up in front of people and be like, look, I am just like you. I think she said a lot of times, this could have been your son. Absolutely. So all this, the bigger uh, context of this case is that after Schindler's death, uh, Bill Clinton, who is running for president at the time, brought this up in debates about LGBT people in the military. Mm-hmm. And during his campaign, he promised to lift the ban on gay service members. Mm-hmm. Of course, then when he was elected uh, in 1993, there was a big backlash among military leaders, Congress members. Um, so don't ask, don't tell was the policy that right. was the compromise, which even though like some of those things, when you look back on ranging from like, don't ask, to, don't tell to like DOMA to even will and grace, like things mm-hmm. that were progressive at the time, it's. I, it's like this mixed bag of like, yes, that's shitty that don't ask, don't tell in retrospect, but it was actually really progressive and right. like good thing for the times. Yeah. It's like almost like at the, like where the culture was at, at that time, you know, when it, when those things were happening at, at those times, it was super progressive and different and cha- ever changing. And, um, yeah, I think so much of the progress that we've made has to do with where we're at as a culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrestle with like, you know, of course you want to say fight for like the real end goal is just every queer person can serve in the military openly. And, but like, you know, you do have to take steps there. So I always wrestle with like Mm -hmm. some of those things that you look back on, but this also was, became a TV film in 1997 called any mother's son. And it won a glad media award for outstanding Mm. made for TV movie. Oh, I was an intern at GLAAD. Were you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. What did you do there? Um, I was their GLAAD Media Awards um, coordinator. And it was in 2013 or something like that. It was the year that Jennifer Lawrence came. She got a haircut and that's all anybody talked about. They didn't talk about the amazing progress that we've made as a community. They talked about the fact that Jennifer got a haircut. So <laughs> gotta love our news media. That's Okay, one, I did not know this about you. That's really cool. Yeah. And wait, wait, was it like, who were the ones talking about the haircut? Were all the gays at GLAAD? I mean, it was, it was the gays and like the news media. Like if you, because the next day, like I did a Google news search of GLAAD media words. It was all about how Jennifer Lawrence had chopped off her hair, gotten highlights and just, yeah, it was just so ridiculous that that was the, the headline that so many people, um, caught on to but was it i wonder if it's like we can't relate to all this gay shit yeah, like and the yeah. like that part of it but we, we we understand women's hair and yes. women cutting their hair is crazy and we have to tell everyone it's about a it. huge fucking deal <laughs> gay rights yeah, yeah yeah but her hair length is half yeah yeah i don't i hope her hair wasn't homophobic because that would have been <laughs> terrible for everyone involved <laughs> that's why she chopped the bottom half off the bottom yes. half reynolds the bottom half was the half that uh, hated gay people and she just had to get, yeah, let get it go. rid of all the bottoms. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so are you asking me to leave? Is that what we're no. doing right now? <laughs> I'm also a bottom. So uh, I guess we both have to leave. All right. Now. Okay. Bye. That was bye. fun. <laughs> it was great. Was bye great. everyone. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not, we're not going anywhere. Okay. That was the story I want to tell you. Uh, you can tell me a story. I want to say beautiful, but it's actually tragic. Yeah, so yeah. I will edit myself. Horrible. Yes, terrible, terrible. Terrible, terrible no good news. Yeah, bears. but one that I had never heard of. Right. And I'm sure people that like were older during that time remember um, more vividly than I do. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a great testament to, you know, his mother's love and just you know how far she's willing to go the piece together what happened because 
you know, he could have easily gone unreported and we never would have known. So, yeah. I yeah. She, yeah. From what I saw, she was like very much in front of the media totally. and it was almost like a healing for her. To, she was like, I was so angry that like, actually, like I got nervous when I didn't get a phone call from uh, like someone in the news because right. it was helpful to like get that story out there. Yeah. So, totally. Um, yeah. I, although it sucks. Like, I mean, it, I think one of the lessons is like, it sucks that her son had to get murdered for her to get Mm -hmm. there. Like don't wait for your child to get murdered to like, to, to work on acceptance. Like imagine if they weren't there, how you would feel about them. And it probably doesn't actually matter that they're gay or non-binary or trans or whatever. You probably just want your child there. Exactly. It's better to have them alive than dead and beaten and everything mutilated. Yeah, totally. Um, If we're comparing two things, Alive, much better. Alive, mutilated, which one do you want? Yeah, we'll go for the alive one. Yeah, choose your own adventure. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Why don't you... (laughs) Speaking of an adventure, let's go on an adventure with a story from you. Yay! So the date was April 2018. Um, I unfortunately did not do a research project, so this is a personal (laughs) story because I'm obsessed with talking about myself. No, do it. Um, So I was best friends with somebody... In college, we were super close. You know, I was in college for five years because I'm a failure and it took me a year longer than everybody else. That's besides the point. Anyway, so I had this best friend who we were pretty much did everything together. We were super close. You know, people said we're basically the same person. And it was always kind of discussed that when we got married, the other person would be in their wedding. Mm -hmm. And so flash forward, I don't know, like last year, I suppose, and my friend meets uh, her her now husband, and it was decided that I would be in the wedding, as you know, as previously discussed. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, everything seemed super great. I was really excited. So three days before the wedding, I got a call that said, "If I'm in the wedding, the groom's parents aren't going to come because they don't agree with my uh, quote unquote lifestyle." Just for you, it, it wasn't even you getting married. You were just right. I was just attending. like attending the wedding, and I didn't even have that huge of a role. I was literally like the ring bearer. So the fact that they were so caught up in the fact that I was gay that they like wouldn't even come to the wedding if I was in it, it was just so fucked up and like so heartbreaking. And we were both, you know, just crying about it, and she. You know, she was saying how, you know, they're just conservative. That's all all they've ever known. And so, yeah, that was three days before the wedding. So I I had a good three days to think about whether I was actually going to attend or not. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, I did go back and forth like, you know, like a lot of people excited boyfriend at the time. And he's like, fuck that. I wouldn't. (laughs) Oh, God. He's here. He's here. (laughs) He's here. He's in the crotch. Okay. Whew. Okay, so you went oh, back God. and forth. So yeah, so I was going back and forth and I was like, do I do I go to this wedding? Do I not go to this wedding? And my it sounded like your friend was a little bit defending her fiance's parents. That was like... the thing. Like she she was in a position where she didn't want to ruffle any feathers like she's very much the type of person that like hates any any kind of confrontation Mm -hmm. and so she was really struggling like she was crying because she felt terrible because you know i'm her best friend she wants me in the wedding but then her her you know what are they called parents-in-law uh (laughs) whatever uh (laughs) they you know they're giving her this ultimatum that like if i'm in the wedding then they're not gonna go so it's just like, well, shit, what does she do? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, she should have defended you. She should have done this. But it's just, I don't know. It was such a hard thing. And I think I, I, I reached a point where it was just like, you know, this is her wedding day. I shouldn't make it all about me. And so I I did end up going to the wedding and it was it was super devastating. Like they did the rehearsal and I started crying because it was just like, it was so hard to watch, you know, everybody being a part of the wedding and not being able to be in it just because I was gay. So you attended, but like not as the ring bearer. Right. Exactly. Like I was, I was replaced by some 
woman or man or I don't even know. Whoever it is, I we hate don't, them. Yeah, we don't know them. We, we don't, don't know them. We don't like them. It's probably like a three-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we hate that child. <laughs> we hate them. <laughs> um, and then, and so did her, did her fiance's parents come then? Yeah, they did end up coming. They did end up coming. And it was just, it was just so awkward and just really, um, it was really like draining emotionally because it was just like, I didn't, you know, we're, we're in, it's so dumb to say, but it's like, it's 2017. Like, aren't (laughs) we like beyond this or whatever? But so, but it was just like a really like a punch in the gut to, to realize that like people like this actually do still exist. Like homophobes are still out there you know, hiding in the shadows and, um, or sometimes, or sometimes not. They're very vocal about their homophobia, in which case watch out (laughs) and avoid weddings at all costs. That's Um, a good rule for all of us anyway. Yeah. Oh God. I'm not a big fan of weddings. I know. I'm like secretly a hopeless romantic, but also realize that they're beyond ridiculous. And like, (laughs) I think some of the best weddings I've been to, they've just like looked at it as like a, as a party versus like a celebration of love. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just get, get us drunk and I'm happy. So. <laughs> um, did you interact with her, the, with the groom's parents at all? I mean, we said hello. I was very cordial again. Like part of me was, I was wondering like, you know, the night before I was thinking of like all the shit I was going to say to them like, yeah. fuck you. And you know, whatever. But I think I just ultimately decided to not make a scene because again, it just came back to like, I love my friend. This is supposed to be her day. This is like, you know, her happy day. Why am I going to go and like fuck it up by being dramatic or whatever? Yeah. And so my, my one solution was, um, I actually, I have the shirt that says like love is love. And so I actually wore that the day of the wedding just to kind of, you know, to show them that bigotry will not prevail and that I will continue to be fucking gay as shit <laughs> and they're just going to have to deal with it. Oh, so, um, so yeah, so it's been interesting ever since the wedding. Like, I feel like we're still really good friends, but it's definitely just kind of like this thing that's, it's still kind of always there. And I don't know if it'll ever change or like, I don't know, but I still do love my friend like dearly, dearly, and um, I hope that she's happy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think this is like one of the things that makes me really mad when people are like, it's, you know, you're saying like it's 2017 or now mm-hmm. it's 2018, like, and everyone's like, you just get over it, like right. it's fine. And what you don't realize is, even like the numbers of like people that approve of same sex marriage, it's like right down the middle like right. it's not like it's 90 percent of people approve like even exactly. just getting basic level acceptance of people of gay people basic level of acceptance from people of gay people there's a non way less confusing yeah. way to say that anyway <laughs> but like, i mean go with it go with thanks. it <laughs> i love a good tongue twister you know so you think about that and and reflect on it while I try to figure out what I was saying. Um, like it, but it's still like very prevalent just mm-hmm. for the basics, much less being able to adopt and, and right. you know, equality in the workplace. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, that's a really shitty situation. Yeah, it was, it was really shitty, but I think, I don't know. I, it's like that thing where you just have to, cause homophobes do exist. And I think once you accept that they exist, they, don't have as much power over you like i feel like i feel like when you're able to i don't know just know that they're out there but know that you're you're out here Mm -hmm. and you're living your life i think that's when you can you know reach a point of acceptance and just knowing that you are a good person you know whether you're gay or straight like it doesn't like in the end sexuality should not be a defining characteristic of who you are as a person. So, and it seems like they are wasting a lot of like mental right. energy, hating a group of people for, in what I don't see is like very much benefit. Right. Like, it's such a little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also something else that was really poignant is just about to come out of my mouth. And it's just... Oh, my God. I'm sure it was so beautiful. Was, we're, was just, we're just going to cry about it. About how beautiful it, it probably yeah, was. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh oh like you were like you're saying like oh like you're thinking about during this situation oh i don't Mm want to make this about me i don't want to kind of cause a stir but like they were the ones that caused it like Mm -hmm. you weren't the ones that caused anything right it wasn't you it wasn't your friend Mm -hmm. it was them that were the ones that were like causing i hope they went through like they probably didn't like it just sucks that you the two of you were the people that had to deal with that when right like, and think about what should i do and i don't yeah. want to be a burden but when really it was them that were the ones right that were like and at the end of the day it just became like you know how much energy do i actually want to spend toward this you know like i could go like full social justice mm-hmm. warrior on their ass and like <laughs> cause a scene and fucking like take a sledgehammer to the wedding cake <laughs> but at the end of the day it was just like what what would i accomplish by doing that the way that I looked at it, it was like, if I can just show them that, you know, I'm just a normal person walking around eating cake, fucking getting my fucking wine glass filled <laughs> up. Like if they can just see that I'm not some sexual deviant that's like looking to plow everybody in sight. I think that's what I wanted them to see the most is that like gay people are humans we're not some alien creature force that's going to come down and make all the children gay and like you know we're not shitting rainbows and <laughs> fucking vomiting unicorn dust like i don't know it's i mean some of us are and we should i think there's pride to be found in that yeah. but i think for me it was just all about showing like you know we can still connect human to human regardless of our sexuality so yeah by the way now that you said it i really want to like i should open up a store that lets you just like take a sledgehammer to a wedding yes. because that actually sounds like a lot of fun i know i feel like it'd, it'd be very therapeutic like anytime that you're just like fuck it you can just take that sledgehammer and yeah um we're gonna start a business called like destroy the the tears of marriage love doesn't always win <laughs> when it does it take a sledgehammer to it <laughs> well yeah that's a very long business thing but maybe we'll, maybe, maybe we'll it'll just... be the slogan okay okay perfect um well thank you for sharing that absolutely do you want to take a break sure let's do it let's take a break let's take a break let's take a break break <laughs> break 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 oh we're gonna have to pay for that copyright i know oh my gosh. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Kyle. We will get back to the show in just a second, but first I wanted to ask for your help. As you may know, we lost last year at the podcast awards, so this year it is our goal to dominate the competition like a true dom top pod um, so we could use your help getting on to the next round. To do that, all you have to do is go to podcastawards.com, click the nominations button. Uh, You'll have to create an account, but we both know that you have a spam account that you can plug in there. Uh, All you have to do is select Gayish, this podcast, the one that you're listening to, in the LGBTQ section, and then hit save. Nominations are open until July 31st, so that's just a few days away. So it'll only take a couple minutes, and it would really help us out. Thanks. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Mike-ish. Uh, <laughs> I'm not dead. Uh, I'm, right now I'm in Moscow, uh, the one in Russia, not in Idaho, although it's lovely this time of year there as well. Um, I'm having a great time. I'm meeting a lot of really cool people and seeing a lot of the country, which is pretty fantastic. I took the train from Vladivostok all the way on the East Coast, uh, on the Pacific Ocean, all the way to Moscow. And uh, I'm having an awesome time. Um, I learned a couple of things. One uh, is that Sweden and Switzerland are not the same place. <laughs> um, my uh, The guy that I shared my train cabin with is from Switzerland and he said that a lot of Americans confuse those two. So, Kyle, think you should you should know that now. Um, I met a maybe prostitute. I'm not sure. I was having breakfast in Irkutsk, and this girl named Alex, who was wasted, came up to me and uh, said that she thought it was really sexy the way that I eat sausage. And 
asked if I wanted her to eat my sausage, which uh, was interesting. But then she told me that one of the waiters is gay, which I thought was really interesting because it's Russia and you're not supposed to talk about these things. And I didn't get the sense that she was saying it in a derogatory way, in a judgy kind of way. She just wanted me to know, I guess. Uh, it was really, it, I thought it was really interesting. Um, so a couple of things. The cross-dressing soldier from MASH, his name was Corporal Klinger, and he was played by Jamie Farr. And I think he's a really interesting character. If you don't know who he is, uh, he was pretending to be a cross-dresser in an attempt to get discharged from the army so that he could go home. The whole show takes place during the Korean War, and uh, his whole thing was to try to get a Section 8 uh, which is discharged from the army for being uh, crazy. And um, I thought it was really interesting that they didn't let that work. It was almost progressive in a way that even though he was wearing a dress all, all over the place, the army was just like, no, we don't care. <laughs> um, anyway, and the other thing, our, our phone number is 5855-GAYISH. Uh, That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. I'm going to do my gayest and straightest real quick. So the gayest thing about me this week, I went to a modern art museum here in Moscow called The Garage. And um, there was a whole, I guess, installation. There was a whole exhibit of, of photography. And one of the pieces of photography was this massive, like, wall-sized mural of a dude standing on somebody's grave, drinking beer and smoking a cigarette completely naked. He was just nude standing on this person's grave and um the reason the reason it's gay for me is that i totally avoided the photograph uh because i didn't want to show i didn't want anybody to think that i was looking at it too long or not looking at it long enough or uh i, I just had that really gay anxiety about seeing being seen doing something gay which it wasn't even a sexy f photograph i don't know it just the fact that there was a dick there made me like have to change my behavior. It was really weird. Um, and then the straightest thing about me this week definitely uh, was last night. I went to the Soviet Arcade Museum, which is this collection of really, really old video games and uh, all from the Soviet Union. And uh, Benjamin, the guy that I shared a train car with, uh, he and I met up there and played foosball and we played uh, electric table hockey and uh, it was so butch i was spinning and yelling and and really all sportsy i was so sportsy it was sporting um yeah so that's it uh, i've been having an awesome time and i'll be back next week and um be butch be fabulous be you no wait that's me I'm going to be butch. I'm going to be fabulous. I'm going to be me. I'm going to a gay bar tonight in Moscow, so hopefully I don't die. I love you all. Talk to you soon. Are we back? We are back. We are back. We're back, Bazaar. <laughs> You're very different than Mike. <laughs> sorry about that. No, don't be sorry ever. Um, so we're going to do our gayest and straightest. Love it. But first, uh, we'll start with Josh. You start with your social things. Yay, let's make it all about me first. <laughs> Um, I do all of the social things. It's part of my job, not McDill. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Josh G23, Twitter at Classy Jane Glassy, Instagram, Josh Glassy23, fucking Xtube. I don't know. What are the other social <laughs> things? No, I'm not on Xtube. I would never. Um, You're on it in an incognito browser, so exactly, they can't find you exactly. there. I'm hiding. I'm hiding. <laughs> um, and gayishpodcast.com. Um, and let's see. We have a phone number that Mike usually says, so you can find that on the internet somewhere, and that'll be fine. <laughs> Probably on Xtube. <laughs> on Xtube. <laughs> <laughs> call the xtube support line <laughs> mike is working there he's yes. not actually in russia and um he'll answer uh you can email us at gayishpodcast at gmail.com and we are on twitter and instagram and facebook at gayish podcast 
so, uh, gayest and straightest. Uh, Love it. Josh, do you want to go first? Oh my God. Well, the gayest thing. Well, my boyfriend of three months, hot and heavy, mm. he was in DC the last two weeks. So, basically, like half our relationship, he was gone. Uh, but he has <laughs> since returned, and we're back to having sexual relations. So, that's probably my gayest thing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> the gay sex you're having? Yeah. Actually, we're having straight sex. We're trying it Oh, out. yeah? It's you're a new tra- thing. It's, we're trying to switch it up, keep the spark alive. Okay, yeah. You <laughs> got to always do new things. Yeah, and see always. What, okay. Always. N- next up, bisex. <laughs> yes. See, see how it goes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Flip-flop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Then what else is straightest thing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I think the straightest thing that I have been doing is actually at work. So one of our clients, they help girls in Africa. They're all about female education. And probably the straightest thing that I've done recently is having to talk about girl periods. And so I'm Good. learning a lot about the menstruation cycle. It's been mm-hmm. really great. I've been doing a lot of mansplaining about <laughs> how the female body works to different reporters. Um, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I think I've learned quite a bit about how the how the lady parts work. So. <laughs> Is there any like big tidbit that you learned that you didn't know before that you want to give us? Um, no, <laughs> it's not worth talking about. Ask one of your lady friends. They'll tell you all about it. Okay. I did hear that a lot of, I mean, this is not related to work, but I, I do know that a lot of women are like more turned on on their periods than when they're not. Huh. So I would have never any, known because yeah. I've never tried to have sex with a lady. Yeah. So straight men, if you're listening, wait till the blood is flowing. This <laughs> is when the blood will be flowing for you. Yes. Um, that sounds beautiful, we, but also like trash at the same time. I don't know where we, uh, okay, let's get out of this ditch that we're in. Um, I'm going to, my case thing is that I had never felt gayer than when, well, that's not true. But like recently my boss was trying to give an example of like mm-hmm. what one of these clients is like that I work with. And he was like, you know, there's that show, I think it's like Will and Grace. And so he, <laughs> he started explaining Jack to me. He was like, no. you know, like Jack walks in and it's like, he's had a bunch of coffee and he was like, all, it was like, it was just so funny hearing my straight boss describe will and grace to oh me God. and i just felt so gay because i didn't know when to be like um you have it you all wrong you don't need to explain yes the show is called will and grace yes i know about jack i know he talks really fat it was just he knows nothing john snow he's what that's another that's game of thrones ah, fuck i don't this, watch that thing ah, damn it you well, would have to mansplain that yeah, to me. yeah. Oh, let me get started <laughs> okay. here um i watched the first episode and it was something about oh, wolves man. in the winter and oh, i was just over it i think i watched that first episode like 87 times before i actually got to the second episode it <laughs> it takes a moment to get into okay. it but I, once you do there's no stopping i guess i'm like i'm just i'm just letting this craze pass me by right i'll, I'll jump on the next one yeah yeah um and the straightest thing about me is that it is super hot in the summer here in Seattle and uh, in Seattle, people don't have ACs, yes. um, but I uh, hooked up my portable AC unit in my place. There was, I didn't lost some of the things that you need yeah. to like screw it in. So there was a lot of duct tape mm-hmm. being involved. Like, I just oh. feel like that's like. We're just going to use duct tape and make this thing work. Yeah. And I think duct tape is always the answer. I know. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. And now my place is kind of nice. Aww. So, yeah. What did we do? I think in Montana, because we're all trash, we would <laughs> take a we would take a fan and then fill like a Ziploc bag full of ice and then zip the Ziploc bag with ice on the fan and have it blow. I don't know if it actually ever worked, but... <laughs> I like to think that it did. We the, there's AC in the hallway of my unit, so a lot of people what? like crack open their doors yeah. and then put a fan in front of that to oh try to God. blow in <laughs> the cool air from the hallway. Way to utilize your resources. You know, it's just like when you get hot, it doesn't. Yeah. You just look around and say, "What can I do?" <laughs> That's when you know you're desperate. Is when you're trying to like steal the hallway AC yeah. into your apartment. Or I turned on the vent fan in my bathroom because oh. I was like, I think it, it was like cooler in the bathroom. Right. I think the vent fan like circulates air, so I put yeah. a fan in front of the bathroom. Oh, that's this was so before. Smart. I th- I didn't know whether it was genius 
face or like ridiculous oh my god you're so straight right now oh my god you can't even (laughs) just finding creative work work solutions yeah yeah solutions with tools and items yes yeah and the way i'm talking about it now also so straight so straight you know duct tape and fans (laughs) um so that's it while we sip on our rosé sip on rosé and eat our pink cookies um so that's it uh this has been gayish i'm kyle getz and i'm josh glassy aka mike aka new mike i am in russia I'm just um, like him. Um, so until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks for being we'll on, Josh. Sing. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And I finish off this Cheers way. to the rosé. Do you hear what your words bring? Oh, P.S. I'm gay. Rose and cookies, here we go. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-